Welcome to Spark, Careers in Agribusiness, where we meet the most accomplished leaders in agribusiness today. Learn how each of the women and men featured has built leadership into their life's work and what advice they have for young people just beginning their careers. Your host for Spark is Sarah Stever, President at Paulson. Today we're speaking with Jenna Esch, Global Marketing Lead for Monsanto Vegetable Seeds. Jenna began at Monsanto as an Associate Brand Communications Manager, but quickly moved up the ladder through various roles to her current title. She has a Journalism and Strategic Communications degree from the University of Missouri, Columbia, and also studied abroad at the University of London Imperial College. Jenna, can you tell us about your current role at Monsanto? I am currently the Global Marketing Lead for the Monsanto Vegetable Seed Division. And what that means is that I am responsible for roughly 50 uh, marketing professionals across 150 countries. Um, and we sell our vegetable seeds through two brands, the DeRoyter brand and the Seminus brand. And so um, the marketing organization works cross-functionally and cross um, all of our geographies um, across the four marketing P's. So developing the right product, and bringing it to market with the right price through the right place with our distribution network, and then also with the right promotion um, mix to um, really sell our products that um, not only are they products, but they're solutions that create value for our grower customers. Can you talk a little bit about the footprint that Monsanto has with vegetable seeds? We are over 130 countries. We fluctuate anywhere from 130 to 150, depending upon different logistical operational items throughout those countries. We are separated into four divisions, the North America team, the South America team, Asia team, and Europe, Middle East, and Africa with EMEA. And through those four geographical hubs, um, we have leadership teams that really look at people development product development, um, distribution channel development, and those all ladder up to um, our global vegetable leadership team that sits in St. Louis, Missouri. Which is where you're located. Which is where I am located, correct. Montana does amazing work in feeding the world. I think it's just astonishing when you think how much that company has grown uh, in the last several years. It's really impressive. I uh, originally joined Monsanto in what we call our row crops division focused on the U.S. market. And when I came over to Monsanto Vegetables, I started off in North America and now into this global role. And although we are selling a seed to a grower through a, a dealer network, which is the same in our row crops organization, vegetables just brings a different aspect to agriculture. We sell 23 crops. And what's different in the vegetable space from, you know, what a lot of people know about Monsanto and the row crop space is that the majority of our products and vegetables are um, non-GMO, and we use advanced breeding technique to build the right pepper or tomato that the grower can grow, and then the grower can sell based on what retail and consumer demand is for a mom who's walking through the grocery store um, and looking for, you know, the, the best tomato or the best pepper for her family. How many people actually work in, like, R&D 
for the vegetable seed division? I don't know the exact number of people specifically for R&D. We are 3,000 employees globally, and R&D, just as you know, R&D is from Monsanto as a company, R&D is huge for the vegetable space. So that can be from breeders to sensory scientists who can set up research trials around consumer preference taste that really helps us develop the right product um, in the labs with our breeders and then being able to grow them either in an open field space or in a protected culture environment. So more like a greenhouse then for that part? Correct, yes. Greenhouses, glass houses is what we would say is um, the protected culture environment. It's where we are protecting and controlling elements that we would normally say are, you know, it's nature's control when you're outside, whether that's the heat, the rain, the wind, the insects, the disease pressure much more controllable in a protected environment. So do you do much travel with this role you've got right now? I do some travel, yes. It depends where I'm needed and, you know, what the team is doing and what time of the year it is. I have been blessed to be able to travel to a variety of different places throughout the world and to be able to be on growers' operations in Mexico, in Spain. I'll be in Italy in September. As unique as each of these places are, they're growers at heart, and they absolutely care about feeding and nourishing, you know, this growing population that we do have across the globe. They are just kind souls, no matter what language they speak or what country they reside in. And they they truly are looking to be the best grower that they can be um, and offer up the best fruit to the retail chain. Farmers at heart, just like we have at home. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your early life. How did your early life kind of prepare you for the career you have now? I was born outside of Chicago and raised as a toddler outside of LA and then moved to Kansas City, Missouri. So city girl at heart, city parents at heart. I grew up as that typical stereotype of if you needed milk or eggs or bread, you went to the grocery store and you really didn't think about how that food got on the shelf. I went through high school with a pure passion on broadcast journalism And I went to the University of Missouri at Columbia and entered into the journalism school there with a one-track mind of broadcast and broadcast only and the TV side of things. When I got into it, I truly realized that I was happier when I could be more creative and help tell a story, help market things, promote things. And so halfway through my junior year, I totally shifted out of the broadcast segment and went into the advertising sequence um, in the journalism school and loved it. Um, The creativity, the ability to bring forth um, business ideas and, you know, make it stand out in a very cluttered market back then was intriguing to me. And as As, you know, I've gone through each year of my career and and, uh, media has totally changed and evolved and you can get access to information however and whenever you want as a consumer. um, It's a a new challenge every day that, you know, fuels me um, to be a better marketer. So when I left the University of Missouri after I graduated, I did a quick in media sales. Um, That was not my, you know, desired job after graduating, but I look back on it now and I say, wow, it would be great if everybody could have 
some time in sales. It teaches you the skill set that you don't get anywhere else. You prioritize your time. You gain the courage to walk down a driveway or up to a business that does not do business with you now, and you have to position yourself and whatever you're selling to this potential customer. And that is skill set that's invaluable wherever you are in your career and at whatever position. So I took those skill sets. I moved to St. Louis and joined an international promotional agency here, um, actually headquartered out of New York, but um, had an office here in St. Louis and had a variety of different clients that I was able to learn from the ground up, learn how they go to market, um, understand how they needed to promote their products, how they needed to stand out differently. And I had some B2B clients. I had some very consumer-driven um, clients. I had some retail clients. So a variety of different business models that I was able to leverage what I had learned from the previous role and or client um, into the next. And while I was there at that agency, the agency had won um, the Monsanto business for our U.S. row crops division. So fast forward a couple years, and there was a position open here at Monsanto, and I called my client, and I just said, hey, you know, I'm kind of interested in taking the leap from the agency side into the corporate side, developmental opportunity for me. Um, it's an opportunity for me to get closer to the business to really drive the strategy and step out of the 1P of promotion and get into um, some cross-promotional activities across all of the P's. So I joined Monsanto in 2009, and then a roughly 18 months ago is when I left the Row Crops organization and came over to the Monsanto Vegetable Division. What a journey that must have been. So your your first intersection with agriculture then was with that agency. Okay. Yeah, from a, from a hands-on perspective, um, the first time that I was truly exposed to the agricultural industry, um, the people, and how our food is made was winning um, the Monsanto business at the agency side. And then I just, I fell in love with it. The people that I met, my clients, their customers, everybody was so humble. They wanted to work together. They all have a common vision, all competitors in the marketplace, but all working towards a common goal of we have this growing population and, and how are we going to continue to feed them when we have less and less resources, whether it's water or land, to do it on. It was something that struck me that I had never had access to growing up, and it stuck with me, and here I am. And I, I'm in a position where I don't really see myself leaving the ag industry. Wow, that's quite a testament to the people that you meet in ag, which I think sometimes if you kind of grow up in it and your career has been in it for a long time, you kind of take it for granted how truly nice uh, and just as you described, people are in agriculture. Right before I came over to the veg division, I had uh, a territory of the Dakotas in northern Minnesota, and there are some of my best friend still to date. We talk regularly. We text regularly. I'm constantly asking them questions as to what's happening in the marketplace. Just fabulous people in the industry, um, whether you are at the corporate side, whether you're a grower, whether you're a dealer, it doesn't matter who you are. I've just I've enjoyed meeting all of the, the different people and personalities in the industry. I completely agree. Your experience mirrors my own. So along that journey, 
Um, were there ever any surprises along the way or or as you're looking back, were there any pivotal events other than you'd mentioned in college you'd kind of changed your major? Were there any intersections that you met that were a surprise that kind of changed the course of your path? I don't know about surprises. I mean, I am truly grateful for the fact that I, I was kind of in the right place at the right time with the the agency winning the Monsanto piece of business. I was probably destined for more of a B2C career prior to us getting that account. And so I'm a true believer of things happen for a reason. I think that at that time of my career and what I was able to offer what Monsanto was looking for as, you know, an agency partner, you know, there was a reason why I was available to work on that piece of the business. And there was a reason why, you know, my clients at the time had become friends and now colleagues. I don't know if it was a, a surprise more than, you know, it was it was meant to be. I would also say after I had joined Monsanto, you know, we are large and I didn't want to get stuck in only thinking about Monsanto, very siloed approach. And so I joined and became very active in NAMA, National Agri-Marketing Association, with different stints on different uh, committees um, as a board member. And that opportunity has provided me outside of the walls of Monsanto additional opportunities to network with other people throughout ag. And the committees that I have worked on, the ability to sit side by side with some fabulous professionals and experts in their space and to understand, you know, how they approach the industry and how collectively we all together are in it for the benefit of our grower customers and then ultimately the benefit of the cost of a consumer. That was also has been very meaningful of an association for me to get involved in selfishly for my own personal development but then also just to understand the industry as a whole in a different perspective from that marketing and communications lens. We're both big fans of NAMA. I think it's a wonderful opportunity, especially for people starting out in their career to start to build a network, which is really critical. And I think you don't always realize that when you're coming out of school, how important that is over the whole course of your career. But NAMA is definitely a great place to kick that off. NAMA provides some amazing opportunities and and tools for students graduating college and and defining what career path that they want to take. Ag is a space that some people, whether you've grown up in it and you want to run away from the farm or you want to go do something before coming back, it is definitely an industry that seems to pull people back into. And so those networks and just knowing different people and different aspects has proven beneficial for me. I have also been involved with NAMA Student Division and been able to meet a few people that are still near and dear to my heart through that organization organization. And one in particular, she was actually a student participating in the student competition. And then she got an internship one of her summers here at Monsanto and just ironically ended up that I was one of her mentors. And so we have stayed very close together. And during her summer that she was interning, she made it half of her job to network and meet with people and understand what strengths that they look for when they're hiring for people for their teams or et cetera. And I think being able to embrace those professional networking opportunities as a young student or first, you know, out into the the working space is just critical. And there are some relationships that will last a lifetime. And she and I are still in contact. She actually did get a permanent position at Monsanto. 
And so it's just, it's been amazing to watch her grow and learn and develop from undergrad through graduate and now as a a working young professional. Sounds like you were pretty important to her career. So let's talk a little bit about mentoring. You've been a mentor, and I've always found that that's much like being a teacher. That's when you oftentimes learn the most is when you're either teaching or mentoring. You talked about things. Can you talk about things that you've learned when you're either being mentored or mentoring? Listening is a critical skill. I think it's important to understand where a person is coming from. I'm a big believer in when I am looking for new talent and I'm building a team to understand where the team's strengths are, where the individual strengths are, and then on the flip side, where the weaknesses are, because that's the type of skill set that you're trying to offset when you're building a, you know, a, an effective team. And so from a mentoring perspective, to understand, you know, what that person has been through, what their achievements have been to date, what really keeps them motivated, what gets them excited about getting up every day and dedicating, you know, eight plus hours to a job is critical to the success of that person. And then providing them different opportunities to learn from others, to be a part of conversations that maybe they wouldn't have been prior. I think a lot of it is on the job development. And then the the rest is, is carried out by individual drive for continued education or access or networking. So within your sphere of influence, is there anything that you're concerned about as you're kind of looking into the future now? I was just having this conversation last week. Somebody asked me what keeps me up at night. To be quite honest, I sleep really well because <laughs> I work really hard during the day. I have a young family at home, but if there was one thing that concerns me as I look to, you know, five, seven, ten plus years, it's truly having the right talent in the ag space. And so to get a little more detailed into that, me being a marketer and coming from the marketing organization side of things and, you know, selfishly speaking about Monsanto, we have always historically been a product-driven company. So resources were put into product development, product testing, trials, all of that front-end stuff before it's even commercialized to come into the market space. As we are moving um, as the rest of the world into this customer-centric, customer-focused era, marketing is playing a much more important role in connecting all of those pieces together. So this is what the customer needs to grow that product. This is what the consumer is demanding in store. This is what the millennials want to know about where their food was grown. Where did it go back to? What's the story and the journey that 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 food has been on? And for a marketer to be effective and successful is to be able to multitask and pull all of these different research data points together to tell an effective story as to why, you know, your brand or your product outdoes the competitor. And so when I look to the bench strength from a marketing organization, that's what keeps me up at night. So anybody who is looking into the ag space and marketing, um, I think there's awesome opportunities in front of you because we're doing things differently. Communications has changed. The digital space has made us much more aware of sending the right message at the right time to the right targeted grower during that grower's decision-making time. And the consumer's in charge now. The customer's in charge. They can find any type of data 
or information, um, you know, with the touch of a button on their smartphone. And so connecting all of the P's together and delivering that real-time value to a grower customer is what makes marketing exciting in the future. But we need talented people who are willing to you know, put in the hard work and, and to learn the business and know the business, learn the customer, and be able to deliver that into executable marketing plans. So we know we need that new crop of talent coming up. And of course, that's our audience. The million-dollar question for you then is what advice do you have to young people coming up in their careers to succeed in agriculture? Stay true to yourself. Truly do some soul searching. And I know that that's hard when you're in your 20s and it's your first job and you're trying to define your career. But I do truly think that people are more successful when they're happy and that they're doing something that they're passionate about. So stay true to what motivates and drives you. There's all kinds of aspects in agriculture, from all different kinds of farming to inputs to you name it, it's available. And then within those jobs, you know, there's finance, there's marketing, there's human resources, there's agronomic and technical, there's operations and demand planning. There are so many different organizations, structures, skill sets, that are needed to complement what I think a lot of people would normally think of the R&D and the breeder and the tech side of ag or the manufacturing of you know, the equipment that we use. So I would say stay true to yourself, create a network, stay connected, um, use every opportunity that you have to ask questions about how people approach different pivotal moments in their career. Or what do they look for when they're building a team or leaders on their team? Um, ask those insightful questions and then drive towards what you want. And um, if you've got your eyes set on something, just because you don't get it immediately doesn't mean that it's not in your path moving forward. That's excellent, excellent advice. Normally, I would ask my kind of wrap-up question would be, when you've stepped aside from your career, what's one thing you hope to be remembered for? But you are so far away from doing that, Jenna, that I <laughs> I think more of a question would be, what are your goals for the future? Where, where are you planning on heading? There is something. Thing from a legacy perspective that I do want to leave behind. And like you said, I am, I'm not anywhere close to retirement age. I want people, colleagues that I've worked with to remember me as a visionary and somebody who is not just strategic because that's absolutely important, but somebody who can also execute on that strategy. And I think that that for our younger audience that's listening to this podcast, I think it's, it's important to to be able to be smart and to apply knowledge and theory, but you also got to show that you can move things forward. And if you're not actionable, then you're also not successful in your career. So from a legacy perspective, that's what I would like. I'd also like for my family to be proud of me. I do give back a lot of time and, and resources outside of my eight to five job in different aspects in my community and also in ag. So I think that that's important to pass that along to my daughter. You know, I want her to grow up and, you know, be a good citizen as well. And then for future, I am so happy in what I'm doing right now. This veg space for me is is 18 months new. I'm learning something every day. I really hope that we can steer our company into being better solution providers and partners with our grower customers. I feel like there's there's big things coming in the future for me, but I don't know what that is. I would love more responsibility and I would love to be in different leadership roles throughout Monsanto as a company. 
um, or in the ag space. I don't know what the exact answer is now. It's it's kind of a day by day, keep learning, keep having fun, and um, kind of goes back to what happens will happen. Um, I think when you work hard and you are a team player and you're dedicated to delivering some results, people do notice and people will recognize you for those that hard work and um, hard work ethic. Well, I think you've achieved some really amazing things um, for the the point that you're at in your career. And I think it's really fortunate for us that you were willing to spend this time and share kind of your advice to all of these young women coming up, hopefully taking a career in agriculture. And I can't wait to see what you do next, Jenna, because I know it'll be amazing, just like everything you've done so far. Well, thank you, Sarah. I mean, going back to, you know, one of the mentors or people that I look up to, you're definitely one of them as a woman in the ag space and being able to work side by side with you on, um, you know, the fall committee for NAMA, it just was great to see your approach and leadership, and you have also been recognized for some fabulous things in your career as well. If I could have a wish for any of these young women that are listening to this, it would be to actually get to meet you in person, because I think they would be very, very impressed. So thank you. Well, I would love it if they're ever at a meeting or they see my name somewhere, please, you know, I'd love for you to come up and introduce yourself, and I would be happy to pass along some of those mentoring advice and coaching tips at that time. Start building your network by meeting Jenna. There you go. That's Spark for today. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. To learn more about Paulson, please visit paulson.ag. That's P-A-U-L-S-E-N dot A-G.